episode of the Streaking Lawn podcast. Uh, it's just Caroline and me uh, today. Caroline, hello. What up? How are you? Uh, I'm great. Uh, we're here to talk about the lacrosse team. Uh, back to the Final Four. Big time comeback win uh, against the evil Maryland Terrapins. Uh, <laughs> old rival uh, in that sport for sure, but uh, it was the first time they played them in uh, since they left the ACC, correct? Yeah, since they left in 2014. Um, so the first time they played Maryland, um, they're actually bringing the, the game back to the schedule next year, um, oh, which should course. be... Which should be fun. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Like, I kind of like, like, when they left the ACC, Don Sarge was kind of like, all right, see you. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> Tiffany kind of kept it going. And, um, I mean, part of it's because the schedule's already so hard that, uh-huh. you know, going all this effort to add Maryland back in um, is just kind of, you know, I think it will be fun to bring them back on the schedule just because it is a rivalry game. Uh-huh. Um, and especially to play them – in this type of situation, like what happened on Saturday in the in the quarterfinals for the NCAA tournament, the first time since I think 2012, 2014. Oh no, that they went to the quarterfinals. This is the first time <laughs> since 2011 that they went to back to the final weekend. And obviously in 2011, um, they beat Maryland to win the national championship okay. nine to seven, uh, which was amazing. So yeah, sorry, I'm mixing up my 12, 2012 and 2014s with. Um, women's lacrosse um because both made it back to the quarterfinals after a too long of a break um but yeah it was uh you know virginia's a three seed i think the top i think they have a one two three and five seed if that reminds anyone of any tournament that happened lately (laughs) um that are left but obviously virginia was the one seed in that situation um but this game on saturday was bonkers not so the whole Um, weekend all the quarterfinals yeah most part were were crazy tight overtime three, games three yeah. overtime games out of the yeah. four that played um and the fourth one penn state won 21 14 in a game where my dad asked if there were any goalies <laughs> so <laughs> um the whole thing was really exciting um so yeah i mean for those of you that didn't watch it we're just going to kind of go into the whole what the game was like and what that means now like who, who virginia's going to play but um it was the <laughs> fifth <laughs> which will be fun too um, it was the fifth game this season that involved a four goal or more um, come back in the in the fourth quarter. Um, Virginia, it was this one goal game at halftime, six five. Um, Virginia had only scored one settled offense six on six goal, and actually the first one from Matt Moore. Um, the rest were all completely unsettled, um, meaning like they caused a turnover and got a goal off of it, or off of a face off, or um, a fast break or whatever. Um, they had a really nice save clear to Jared Connors, the long pole who had long pole goal. So six, five, um, every single time Virginia would tie it up. So they tied it at six, Maryland scored, they tied it at seven. And then Maryland went on a five goal run, which was brutal. Um, and that spanned the third and part of the fourth quarter. Um, Maryland was leading make sure I get the time right. It was 12 to 7 um, with – let's see if I can get it, make sure I get it right. 10.38. 10.38 to play. That's correct. Anthony DeMaio scored a goal. Uh, I think there were like eight seconds left on the shot clock. It was brutal. Things were looking down, <laughs> to say the least. Our heroes um, were in trouble. 
Um, and then enter Ryan Conrad. Um, Ryan Conrad is a fourth year, uh, midfielder. Um, he is the, they call him the Swiss army knife because he does literally everything and it's amazing. Um, but this is a kid that just won't quit. He's a player for those of you who don't follow it much or at all last season in the fourth game of the year, partway through the first quarter, um, Ryan tore his ACL and was out the rest of the year. Uh, he he played 11 minutes too much per the NCAA to qualify for a waiver. <laughs> um, 11 minutes, like it gives me such rage to think about it because it's just it, it just sucks. Like I understand it's just like, an arbitrary. To, yeah, I understand you have to make a cutoff, but the problem is they count preseason scrimmages um, huh. towards that number. So because they've scrimmaged, I think last year was like Maryland and Navy or something like that. Um, he now loses an entire year of eligibility despite the fact he played three games and 11 minutes. Um, So this kid, he's got now 28 goals, 18 assists, 46 points on the season, Um, 83 ground balls, which is an enormous amount for anyone that doesn't do like actually physically take the face-offs for comparison's sake, the kid that actually takes the (laughs) face-offs who we'll take talk about uh Lasala, he has 89 and that's the team high so um Ryan Conrad's just behind him with 83 so he's just a guy that does everything um so with nine and a half minutes left or so um so I, I guess like it'll be interesting to see, to see who listens to this because you know if you're not a lacrosse fan you probably turned it off but hopefully people listen and get prepped for the weekend um <laughs> The way that the game played out, now there's an 80-second shot clock, which I think is yeah. Awful. Have you – what is your take? Have you watched a lot of the games? Like, what do you think yeah. of the shot clock? I mean, so the shot clock I'm in favor of um, just because I think it, for, it puts some pressure on the offense, even if they're not doing, like, stall ball necessarily. It's, yeah. it's sort of – I mean, it's like why we enjoy seeing it uh, in the basketball. Like, yeah. you, you, you can see them get flustered – when the clock is running down and it adds some excitement to it. So, you know, with with the stall warning there, you know, there used to be a little of that, but the fact that you have to uh, shoot on goal to reset it, I I like, I like it a lot. (laughs) So there's (laughs) even more fast pace. It's already a high scoring fast pace. is why we like lacrosse so much, right? it just makes it more entertaining for me and less frustrating uh, when your team is losing uh, because <laughs> yeah. it, you, you can see a window to getting the ball back um, other than, you know, forcing the uh, the turnover with the check or whatever. Yeah. And the other part that's really interesting to me is actually, I think it helped clean up Virginia's offense. So Virginia already played fast under Tiffany. Uh-huh. Um, and even it was the same way under Dom Starger. I think it would actually, like mirror mimic the same type of way that it worked out with under Lars Tiffany but Tiffany specifically is a guy that likes to play fast and um, likes to push those uneven situations he they'll keep a long pole on the offensive end a few times to try and create mismatches stuff like that Um, but the guys have talked about in media availability and after games that I found really interesting is the shot clock actually makes them slow down just a little bit because when they look up and they can see the shot clock says like 65, like uh-huh. maybe we don't need to take this first shot. <laughs> like, uh-huh. um, and they used a lot of language that I think Virginia fans could find a lot of comparison to basketball in um, where we know that 
the Virginia offense likes to work the ball around and get the best shot. Um, lacrosse was calling them threes, twos, and ones. Like you want to get the one, um, but you'll settle for a two if there's only 15 seconds. Like that sort of thing. So it's yeah, really interesting yeah. to talk about using the clock to your advantage. Um, but also defensively, um, when you're playing a team like a Maryland or even a Notre Dame who are more notorious for using the slowdown, um, like you said, it's a good way to get the ball back. So the reason I'm going into this so much is it, it played such a huge part in this game, not just because of the fact that like, oh, Maryland would have 80 seconds, but because you're not guaranteed to get the ball, the yeah. way that Maryland played the strategy out um, really backfired on them. Um, and then led to some potential or not potential controversy, but like the most dramatic over, I won't say overblown, but discussed in the most overblown dramatic way is a controversial goal. Um, so with eight, Virginia t- scored nine twenty three left. Um, Maryland got the ball with eight fifty five, um, basically held for most of the shot clock shot with like 36 seconds left, uh-huh. eight eleven on the clock. Uh, it was blocked by one of the Virginia defenders, short stick, John Fox. So our guy got the ball was 755 left. Um, Virginia wasn't able to score. Maryland gets at 636 and they just work the ball around uh-huh. until there were like 10 seconds left. And then they kind of forced the ball inside and there was a turnover with eight seconds left on the shot clock, about 525 left on the game clock. Um, Virginia failed the clear. And this should have been a situation in which like, again, Maryland's up 12, 12, nine or 12, eight at this point, hold a four goal lead, five minutes left. They did not make a single attempt on goal. They didn't even try to get a good look on goal. They were just like, all right, we're solely going to burn the clock and just throw the ball to the corner at the shot clock violation and just set up our ride and whatever. So that was with 3.52 left. The ball did not enter Maryland's side of the field again. Uh So you look at it, you know, Ryan Conrad, again, scored. This was an extra man after a push. Um, Oh, sorry, that one wasn't an extra man. The first one was extra man after a push. Ryan Conrad scores 20 second letter, 25 seconds later, 20 seconds later, Ian Laviano scores right off the face off uh-huh. and insult to injury for Maryland. They get a flag for a cheap right. shot on Conrad. So Virginia gets the goal and man up for a minute. Um, and Ryan Conrad scores again to make it 12, 11. And there's still two forty left. Right. <laughs> like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, Virginia gets the ball back. Craziest thing you've ever seen? Oh, okay. <laughs> There's been some basketball games recently. That That's a fair point. have to take that title. No, I mean, it was a blistering scoring uh, outburst for the Hoos, who, who seemed dead, in, I mean, completely dead. Completely in dead in the water, yeah. And so, you know, you yeah, after watching all these, these basketball comebacks, and not to mention the other lacrosse comebacks that they've had yeah. this year, you're sort of – like ooh, ooh, are they gonna do it again? Like, they, I know. there's no way this this UVA team I root for could have yet another amazing comeback. Seems <laughs> um, like this is why we have complexes. We like, all, this is why I never think a game is over until the whistle is blown. Like, totally either, anticipated it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, one of my favorite plays the whole game. Um, there was a turnover. Mikey Herring, who's a, a fourth year, just mishandled the pass and dropped it right by the crease. It was a uh, one goal game at the time. There's like a minute 45 left or something like that. Really bad time for a turnover if you're trying to like, you know, tie the game. Um, and Maryland picks it up in Virginia's ride this year. So like they just have been so dominant and really made teams miserable. Like, and, and they just were not going to let that ball get out of their side of the field. Got it back. 
and sets up the controversial play. Michael Krause lets an absolute rocket rip from like 10 to 12 yards out. And it, upon replay when they show it on TV, it seemed to careen, like careen off the crossbar. What do you mean? <laughs> and she, I mean, we should be up front. Yeah, it uh, hit the crossbar. Anyone called it a goal is, is flabbergasting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Apparently, how, how they got new goals. A, a ball hits the net and not the pipe, and ricochets the midfield. It's 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 ludicrous. I have seen things where like they get caught up in, and it goes in a different ricochet. Uh-huh. But you're right. Like there are situations. The way that the net rippled, I don't really blame the ref for thinking like that was way too much rippling for just hitting off the crossbar. But apparently, they got new goals, or they were using different goals that were like flimsier so like when he hit the crossbar that hard it made the net ripple more than it usually would have I guess is like what I had read somewhere and I was like well that's interesting um it definitely so you know a minute 15 minute 18 left like it went off the crossbar yeah um they call it a goal so they call it a goal so like I one of my questions like if you want to be mad be mad the refs cool uh, what is Virginia going to do? Like say like, Oh, well, sir. It's like that commercial where the kid's like, actually coach you touch my hand. Like, right, we're not right. about. So well, it would have been UVA <laughs> ball anyway. And they exactly. had shown that they were probably going to score. <laughs> yeah, um, they opinion. didn't end up, you know, scoring after that and, and winning the game in regulation. But, right. But holding yeah, for yeah. one to try and win the game yeah, versus yeah, yeah. like trying to like tie the game up is um, obviously a very different like mindset and approach on attack. Um, so yeah, Virginia would have had the ball, thankfully, like, or in my head, it's like, it's nice to me for me to know that like, at least Virginia would have had the ball. There's the other discussion of like, really the score should have been 11 to 11 already because there was a goal that the refs missed where Jared Bernhardt stepped on the crease in the first quarter and that should yeah. have been disallowed. There was well, some people will say like, yeah, but Virginia went off sides and like, I can't find any like still that proves that Jared Connors like the only like version of it that you can see is like from the goal line side mm-hmm. um and the only reason people bring that one up I think is because Quint was talking about it in the broadcast right. but that's not any reason to like claim that a goal should be disallowed so there's a lot of things that go into this and I think you tweeted the perfect thing <laughs> which I don't know if you want to explain your tweet but like if you want to be mad if you're a Maryland fan your ire should not be directed to the ref i mean sure be pissed if i were a fan that that happened to i'd be like pretty upset but i would also be way more upset that my team blew a five goal lead right with nine minutes to play let alone a four goal lead yeah Yeah. (laughs) with 330 to play right i mean yeah you you can be frustrated at, at the call but you also like you you didn't give up five goals on a bad call in a row yeah um, so, I mean, you see it all the time in, in football, uh, you know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons might have something to say about changing your game plan late thinking you have the, uh, the game in hand. Uh, well, shit, people know. complained about Bronco doing that against, uh, Virginia yeah, Tech. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it happens. It happens. And, and that's, and I don't think it's as drastic with what happened with that, like against Virginia Tech. And I'm sorry to like trigger warning anyone listening, but like, the idea of like how do you stay I don't know what you're talking about. We won a basketball <laughs> championship. <laughs> That's true. Like how do you stay aggressive without making dumb mistakes, but then also you don't want to force a turnover that gives the other team opportunities. But in a in a game like lacrosse where like you are not guaranteed possession. Um and I cannot say enough out amazing things about PD LaSala at the face off X. 
Yeah, 11 um, of 12, was it, to close out? Close the game. He won seven of eight in the fourth quarter and then one of one in overtime. And, I mean, obviously when you're trailing, like possession is key. Like you can't score without the ball. But just the relentlessness of Petey LaSala and Ryan Conrad on mm-hmm. really everywhere. Like just pick a spot in the field. Ryan Conrad was outstanding. Um, so it was, it was just unbelievable. Um, yeah. And yeah, if the basketball stuff hadn't happened, I would have been like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um. And I think going into overtime, you knew they were going to win the faceoff and win the game. And then yeah. we, you know, it was, it, it's one of those backbreaking momentum things, but the, the backbreaking wasn't just that bad call. And plus no. like all those players live may have thought, you know, that, that might be a bad call, but none of them are looking at replays. Yeah. Like, like they had are. no idea. There were, <laughs> as far as they know, they the just did the game like we all saw by giving yeah. five straight goals. hundred percent. Uh, Everyone like the commentators kept saying like, "Oh, it's a tough pill to swallow." Like you got to push through if you're on the field after that terrible call. I'm like they don't know that it was a bad call. Right. Like they don't have any way of they're they're not streaming it on their phones while they're on the field playing defense. All right. they know is that they absolutely collapse. And that like I think the real backbreaker was the complete disaster on they didn't know if they were in man or in zone because they had done and that's the thing Maryland had an outstanding game plan. They had done a really, really nice job defensively and they were switching between man and zone like flawlessly. But as everything was getting like flustered and flurried down the stretch, uh-huh. they didn't know coming off that fast break who was in what. And that left Laviano open long enough to get the shot off and the goal combined with the flag, which basically guaranteed they were going to get possession again because you have an extra unmarked long pole who's also extremely good at picking up the ground ball in Jared Connors. Um, He's awesome. Yeah, with a minute, with a full minute of extra man with only, like, two and a half minutes left in the game. So that was just a huge sequence that, like, that to me is what decided the game, really. Yeah. Um, And, like I said, of the – this is the fifth game that they've done it. Um, Syracuse, they trailed by four with nine minutes left um, and won that game in overtime. Brown, they trailed by four with 11-15 left or so. Um, and one in overtime. That was the stretch of like three straight overtime games. Yeah. Um, they trailed Notre Dame by five on the, um, I think that was on the road uh, with nine minutes left um, and won that game by two. Um, in the ACC tournament, they were dead to, dead to rights down four with 12 minutes left in the fourth, came back, tied it up, gave up a goal, tied it up again, and then won in overtime. Yeah, and then this merit. Yeah, and that was the UNC one. And then against Maryland, um, five goals with 925 in the fourth, but then even more impressive. This is this was the most impressive one of the season. They were down four with about 330 left. Uh-huh. Like, that's <laughs> – I don't even know what to tell you with that. Like, that's, that's insane. Absolutely. Um, so they've got uh, Duke coming up. Uh, yeah. Final four, which um, most folks – listening probably know is the the nemesis for the program uh, for the best ooh, decade <laughs> um to put it in yeah. context virginia has won one of the last 20 meetings yeah it's which is i mean you know duke's been good duke's been yeah. probably the premier program in collegiate yes. lacrosse for, for for the last 10 years and like we have referenced uva has been down 
um, so it's been a, a combination of uh, you know resurgence in their program and, and a drop in quality uh, for the Who's. Uh, but even as UVA has started to like climb back up this mountain to, to national prominence, which I think you know winning the ACC. Uh, tournament regular season solidifies yeah. them with this final four they still can't beat duke <laughs> so, um, they lost 7 to 12 in durham uh, this year so they get yeah, without michael kraus the semis uh, well, yeah, so i will say they they were not full strength when they played and that game was close until the fourth quarter actually it was like a reverse of the other yeah. games um uh yeah this i think that's going to be a huge opportunity like why like now why not now, i actually prefer to play duke um I, people might be like you're nuts we just beat because uh duke beat notre dame in overtime in the other um quarterfinal game that was co-located with uva in maryland um and how can you say you wanted to you would rather play duke in that when they just beat the crap out of notre dame <laughs> so i do, i am i know people have like disproven the whole hard to beat a team three times in a season thing i still don't like the feeling of um Virginia would play Notre Dame again in a high pressure situation right after kicking their asses. Like, and Notre Dame re-added this kid, Ryder Garnsey, to the attack, um, who <laughs> could go into this whole thing, but uh, he was academically ineligible for the season, but because he became academically eligible by the end of the semester, he's now eligible to play. Um, after the semester ends, which Weird. I feel like is the most non NCAA type thing yeah. that they would let you do. That's very strange. Um, honestly, I think it's kind of bullshit. You know, the the kid left school before even taking his exams last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's if his teammates are fine, he apparently worked really hard and participated <laughs> in practice and all this stuff. But it doesn't matter because we're not playing Notre Dame. But he's the kind of player that brings that like X factor. He's the guy that dives and does the fancy stuff and he really took it to Virginia last year in gotcha. the ACC tournament. Um, so just kind of like also in my mind, like Virginia is eventually going to beat Duke. <laughs> like, <laughs> you <have> to, <laughs> if Virginia wants to win a national championship in lacrosse, they're going to have to beat Duke at some point. <laughs> I just feel like that's like, gonna, and why not now? Um, this isn't really the best Duke team that they've had in the past few years. They are seated number two. Um, I, when looking at the projections, I thought it could have swapped and had Virginia at two and Duke at three. It doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so they're the two seed. Um, it's just going to be whether or not it's all the this, this simple, stupid stuff. that's like, duh, hashtag analysis. Like you have to play smart defense. You've got to shoot well. You have to place your shots against their goalie. They always have good goalies. Um, I think, you know, I'll dig into the stats, but um, having Petey LaSala, he's a almost 70% face-off guy and that's huge this time of year um if you want to keep moving and keep playing so this team i i love this team this team's a lot of fun and it's you know nishroff said during the fan (laughs) are they just nice guys they (laughs) are (laughs) there is not a nicer kid in college lacrosse than ryan conrad Mm -hmm. i i just he's he's a good dude um i just mean like this they legitimately it's the kind the way that they play where even up nine against Robert Morris in the first round or you know up seven in the third quarter against Robert Morris um you've got guys selling out to get ground balls yeah yeah, Um, yeah. they as the coach said like they act like every ground ball is the last ground ball on earth (laughs) (laughs) 
and that's just kind of the way like this team just does not quit and it you know the way that the obviously the maryland game finish shows that that's but, the only way you get that string of comebacks obviously yeah. <laughs> exactly and they don't get rattled and um so i think it basketball has completely like jaded me in this sense where i'm like team of destiny let's do it <laughs> um so I, I feel like if they're gonna do it like why not do it now why not do it on a big stage so yeah they're playing in philly on saturday at noon um and if they move on, they'll play Monday against the winner of Penn State and Yale. Yeah, the, uh, the Penn State team is something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they can fly. Oh, gosh. You know, you're like, wait, Penn State's good at lacrosse? Like, this <laughs> Penn State team is quite good. Yeah, they're um, close to setting, like, a single-season goal-scored record for, like, NCAA history. Yeah. Obviously, now teams play more games than they did back in, like, the even 90s. Um, but especially like in the seventies where they only played like 10 games. Now they're playing like 18. Um, but yeah, this Penn state team is really good. And then you have Yale who was the reigning champions. They've got a face-off guy that is unreal. Um, TD Ireland. He played for um, Albany last year. He transferred. Gotta love the non-basketball football transfer rules where if you don't transfer in conference, you can play right away. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, he played last year as like a, as a freshman or sophomore and transferred and is now playing right away for Yale. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'd rather still play Yale <laughs> if Virginia wins. Yeah, I mean, Yale's, uh, Yale's beaten Penn State this it's year. True. They're the only team that has. Right. And it was by a goal. That one should be just straight fire. It should be a good game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. This is a... Still it's tickets nice available, see. Who fans, if you want to Hell drive yeah. up to Philly. E- easy easy enough from virginia yeah, not bad <laughs> it's not bad i'll already be in dc so it's yeah. just gonna be a quick jaunt and okay. our game is at noon it's on yeah. espn too so no more trying to figure out how espn u uh appears <laughs> on televisions which is uh refreshing uh for for those of us <laughs> in in that box but uh yeah yeah i was streaming um, it and had like the game tracker thing up the stat tracker which was slightly ahead, which was not good for my heart. I just, I ended up stat tracker watching, which is extraordinarily stressful. And then once things would happen on the stat tracker, I'd like look up to the stream and like anticipate the goal. Uh (laughs) I was pacing in the living room in overtime, like just going like, come on guys, come on. (laughs) I see that they went to face off like this whole thing. And then Twitter was like, Cavs are going to Philly. It was like, holy shit. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome to see him back. And um, the, the women's team had a great season. Uh, they did not complete a comeback. Uh, no. against, it was UNC, right? And, yeah, UNC. But, That's uh, tough. This year with women's lacrosse, um, you've got Maryland, you've got BC. Uh-huh. And then that's like, those are like the two best teams without question in my mind. And then the, right below them, you've got like Northwestern, UNC. Um, and actually I'd put UVA in that really close third, like behind third tier UVA had a great season. They have a really good team. Um, but the way that the, some of like, if it's not Maryland and Boston college playing for the championship, I'd have to look at the bracket. I don't think they can. Yeah. I think that would work out. Something Um, big has happened. Yeah. There's been a big upset in my mind. So, Mm -hmm. um, it'll be, that'll be good. But yeah, the women's team had a great season. They're going in the right direction. Uh, men's tennis lost to, uh, Wake Forest in the quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's another that wake team has been outstanding 
Um, and the baseball team uh, beat the Hokies in their yeah, series they did. to close things out. So it I look think, like they'll be making the postseason. Yeah, now too. things are looking not not you know set in stone, but they probably should should make it um, to the uh, initial NCAA pools, whatever you would call them. Yeah, the regionals. With the College World Series is after that, right? Yeah, the regionals and the super regionals, which I, right, I love. Right. I wish they called the College World Series like the super duper regionals. But the, the, the year they won the national championship in 2015, the baseball team was sort of on the bubble. Yeah, it was actually right? very I, similar to some stuff yeah. that's going on this year. So I don't know that they have a championship run uh, in them, but... Uh, <laughs> you you never know, count anyone out. Something semi-related has happened before. Um, I don't know if you heard, Pierce, but Virginia won the basketball championship. <laughs> Did they? That's what yeah. um, If the uh, lacrosse team does win on Saturday, that championship game is on Monday, the holiday, at uh, yeah. uh, one as well. So do know there's potential for two uh, UVA lacrosse games over your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and a little bit of basketball news other than uh, continuing to talk about uh, how they won that <laughs> national championship um, last month. But uh, I know we've mentioned the uh, ups and downs of trying to fill uh, the recruiting class now that so many of our players are uh, going to be playing professionally. He's still waiting on Mamadi uh, Diakite. He's got about a week, I think, to uh, yeah. come back officially or stay away officially. He, um, he did not play great in the uh, G League camp. Um, yeah. Which- I mean, I always I want him to succeed. I I want him to play well. Him not playing well in that such a nice guy. He is such a nice guy. <laughs> him not playing well in that uh, potentially could help sway him to come back to school for another year. Um, and yeah. that's what the thing's for, honestly. That's why you declare and you get feedback and you do all that stuff. So, um, like Pierce said, it's going to be the 29th is the last time that he can um, withdraw. I think if he comes back, this team will be a top 25 team, but. Uh, who, who knows with, with Tony Bennett you never know like it's always going to be good um but well, think, it's looking you know, a little bit like it's a crowded front court even if he does come back and uh, I mean a team is only really ever as good as its guards you know yeah. I, I don't know yeah and I've heard gonna be I've heard good things about Casey Morsell um yeah. you know trying to figure out how those guys will fit in and Virginia doesn't usually ask the first years to do a ton um, this might be a different situation where they need someone like Casey to step up. And um, otherwise, you know, he's really the only guard guard coming in outside of Tomas, which would then be, um, you know, you'd ask him to step up, but he's more, he's a third year. So like so you'd expect the, him the to. The shooting guard coming in from Juco, Tomas Walden Tensei. I don't you know. I know. We'll figure out how to pronounce that. <laughs> Waldo. I mean, they're both going to have to play um, significantly. Yeah. Um, I know that everybody seems to think Morsel is able to and ready to, but, you know, we've had high-flying recruits come in and not play immediately. No, I don't remember. So, you know, the jury's still out on that. We were certainly optimistic, but uh, the only true point guard is still Kihei, who is only one person national champion Kihei Clark indeed but he can't play 40 minutes a game season saving uh, Kihei Clark all season long and um, he also does present some liabilities (laughs) (laughs) um, which which we can all celebrate national champion Kihei Clark (laughs) 
but in evaluating next season, yeah. there are some significant concerns. So it'll be it'll be uh, really interesting to see how the next few weeks play out with that. It sounds like uh, the Marquette transferring brothers Hauser uh, are not going to be coming to Charlottesville, which is totally fine with me because uh, yeah. they're not guards and also <laughs> not playing next year. So it never made any sense to me other than the fact that they are talented uh, guys. But it looks like those scholarships are going to be used more, uh, hopefully, effectively. Uh, there were a lot of offers. The 2020 class. Yeah, after they visited, there were a lot, like, didn't hear a lot about the visit. And then there were a lot of offers um, to a lot of 2020s, which would seem to indicate. Well, all the chatter yeah. is is that the, the older one, Sam, liked UVA, and the younger one, Joey, did not. So yeah, and that he uh, if they want to play together, State. they're going to find a place that they, they <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, so... It's likely that they're going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Yeah. there there is an off chance. So there's not enough scholarships for them both to go to Michigan State. Um, So I saw some discussion. I think it was Jamie Oaks or something that said maybe Sam goes his own way and comes to Virginia um, for a year. To sit out a year and sit out a year and play a year. Loaded front court. Um, Um, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) As long as we're not using scholarships on people sitting out. Yeah. The wild card for me, and I'm going to speak this into existence and then laugh at if it actually happens because I don't even think it's going to, or I don't know if I even want it to. Uh, there's to go back to lacrosse. <laughs> there's this kid, Pat Spencer, who plays for Loyola. Sorry, played for Loyola. He's a senior. He's graduating. There's a little known or little used rule, I should say, in NCAA sports where you can play another year of a different semester sport. So like um, Greg Paulus? Yeah. So like Greg Paulus going from basketball and playing football at Syracuse. Duke? Syracuse? Oh, he was Duke and then he went to Syracuse and played football. Yeah. Or this actually happened at Virginia with Billy Gladding, who played lacrosse for Virginia and then did uh-huh. a grad year um, and played his fifth year of eligibility on the basketball team as a walk-on. So this kid, Pat Spencer, was drafted, I think, one or two overall by one of the professional outdoor leagues. Um, and he said, and he's confirmed um, that he is actually going to play basketball for co- in a college next year. Is he uh, a point he's six, guard? He's six three and a point guard. <laughs> is it <he> good? <laughs> I don't know. That's the question. So he went to boys Latin, um, and they showed like boys Latin posted lacrosse and, yeah, exactly posted all these videos of him like dunking, um, and I was like, huh. is there not like more? Like, are there any passes and like shooting? What are we talking? But um and there's no indication at all about like virginia being interested this is all just like hilarious to me um so i think that'd be the funniest thing because it it is going to be an interesting year and there's going to basically at this point the recruiting cycle like i just don't know where else you're going to find that there is a graduate uh transfer still in the mix um maybe someone who's played basketball in college before (laughs) Uh, i know vj king makes uh makes sense because Tony out of high school. Yeah, he's a Louisville. I mean, he might stay in the um, like the draft pool. Um, oh, I didn't know that yeah. he is he a senior? Uh, yeah, yeah. If not, I mean, if, I know I've seen that he is eligible to be a graduate transfer. Huh. But he might just play yeah, he might just in stay the NBA. League or whatever. Yeah, yeah, development um, league or, or you know, he might. There is also, I mean, I don't. I haven't looked closely enough at the. Um, uh, Michigan recruits too. 
Yeah, so Michigan's uh, coach has moved on to the professional uh, coaching sphere, so um, or the coaching at the professional league, <laughs> the NBA. That's that's the name. Um, so Tony did recruit a guard, not really a point guard, um, but a guard uh, who who had committed to them. So he would probably be allowed uh, to explore other options. And there's always the chance that some. Um, high school it does still reclassify that's not impossible um, yeah it's just getting necessarily later. have any names on that or anything but there my point being we don't know that this is all solidified as a roster so there is potential for, for move, more movement sure. uh, uh, to discuss on the road but we would just have to sit and wait and see if that I don't know, national championship uh, carries any with with recruits. It definitely does with the younger guys. I think 2020 and 2021 obviously uh, can both shape up as huge. Um, yeah, I think there's, what, two two scholarships available. Um, and one of those was Catra's. So if, I, they, I don't think they'll fill both. So Catra or someone will likely go back on scholarship. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Like, honestly <laughs> – I say this now. Remind me of this later. I don't care if we don't win a game. We won a national championship. What <laughs> right, I mean, right. I think they're going to be really good in 2020. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm not writing off talent next year. They just yeah, I'm not writing off to facilitate yeah. some success. A lot's going to determine on Braxton Key, uh, you know, and, and the other uh, forwards. Maybe so. he's been working on ball handling skills. Maybe, but uh, we'll be back uh, sometime uh, later on, maybe talking about lacrosse national championship, knock on wood, wouldn't that be fun? Um, But uh, regardless, we'll we'll be plenty to discuss through the summer months. So uh, stay tuned uh, to the blog. And uh, yeah, for Caroline and myself, uh, go Hoops. (laughs) 